Welcome to Wandering Minds, a podcast for our parish, the parish of Good Shepherd and St Peter's in Lee. My name's Bridget, I'm the vicar and I'm joined by... By Nick, the vicar's husband and uh, esteemed member of the parish. Well, I don't say esteemed. Member of the parish. But member of the parish. And uh, we're also joined by our pet dog, Piper. Yeah. That's right, you. You're part of this too. For our, our regular listeners, you will know that over the last few weeks we have been thinking about different aspects of spirituality. We've been thinking about how we nurture our faith, keep our faith alive, particularly when we haven't been able to go to church in the way that we normally would. So we've thought about uh, different aspects of that, the way in which we use the Bible, we've thought about silence, we've thought about some other things that I've completely forgotten. Bible last week, renewing yep. our minds. Yep. yep. So today we're thinking about prayer. Um, and just before we started recording this, I said, gosh, I wish we hadn't chosen this topic because people re like write entire tomes on the theme of prayer and we've got half an hour to yeah. cover it and ideally to do it in a way that isn't just sort of glib. Um, so let's see what we do with that, You also told me not to slurp my coffee, which I've been, been very okay. good at not doing then. Well done. So first of all, tell me about an experience of prayer that stands out in your mind. Well, as I was racking my mind, uh, my brains uh, today, I actually, the, thir the first thing I came on was a quite recent one. Yeah. Um, just because I've been pondering it for a while. Um, so at the very beginning of lockdown, uh, we started a new kind of prayer network at work. Mm -hmm. um, and we just invited people to go on a rotor. And I went on the rotor and on a Monday would email people and say, um, uh, give any, any points for prayer. Um, and I'd, we, we'd watched a film, and there was a, in this film, the person who was a film had, had a daily routine of just saying names to God in prayer at the end of the day, just going through and saying the people he'd met uh, in the day. Uh, so I just said I just needed to know the names of people, uh, and uh, within about half an hour I had like 35 emails back. There's about 400 people who work in our office um, uh, for the Church of England, and 35 came back with names. And, and they actually had put stories on them, pray for so-and-so because, you know, their so the family member is ill with COVID or pray for so-and-so mm. because of whatever the situations were. Um, and it was, it was, I was both simultaneously overawed by the fact that I was suddenly now responsible for praying for all those people having asked and honoured that they had included me in that part of those people's lives, knowingly or unknowingly. Um, and uh, just how quick and easy it was for people to just name the person that they wanted prayer for. Um, and it stuck in my mind because actually what I then did with that was what I'd seen modelled in that film, which was uh, three times a day. Uh, in fact, the list is still in our kitchen. It's, yeah. still, it's still in our prayer pot in the, in the kitchen. All I did was just read the names of those people, uh, knowing that God knew who they were, and I just did that three times. And I just found that a profound honour and a privilege and actually... For myself, I just noticed God's presence there just by naming others before God in prayer. So that was that was the memory that first came to me as you mentioned that. I like it. It's, it's very um, accessible to everyone, mm. just reading names, but with that desire to bring them to God. Yeah. Mine is um, an experience, I think, from probably seven years ago. Um, in the previous parish I was in, myself and another member of the congregation went to visit someone in hospital. And this was an older lady who 
uh, had dementia. She was in hospital for some other kind of reason. And whilst we were there, we were talking to her and she had um, a photograph album by her bed, which had all of her family members in. Um, so we were looking through them and saying, look, this is your husband, here's your sons, Gideon and Dorian. And there was no recognition at all, not even a flicker. Um, she almost seemed unaware of our presence. And then at the end, we said, is it okay if we pray with you? And there was no response either way. So we held her hands and we prayed and halfway into the prayer, she sat up straight in bed and she said, God is coming through. And it was deeply profound. The hairs on the back mm, of my neck stood wow. up. Um, I found it incredible that even when someone is lost even to themselves through dementia, that still God can find them and they can find God. And I think for me, it feels like the essence of prayer, God is coming through, mm. that we often make prayer about our work and our effort and our words. But fundamentally, it begins for me with the God who wants to draw near to us. And I guess prayer is that moment when we respond and come near to him. But I love that. I thought mm. it also put huge value on her life. And it, for me, then you think about people who've got learning difficulties, who've got disabilities, um, whose communication is very limited. It just makes you realise that they can have a really intimate living transforming relationship with God I guess in both those stories what sparks me is the fact that we are active in prayer obviously but the most important thing to remember is that prayer is about the activity of God yeah absolutely over the past few weeks in our zoom worship and coffee we have been having an interview slot where we've interviewed different members of the congregation to find out how they became a Christian and what keeps their faith alive and I've noticed now on several occasions that when people are asked about how they'd like to grow in faith they will say oh well I'm not very good at praying mm. and that's really stood out to me um, my guess is actually people do have a, a, a vibrant living connection with God partly because that's reflected in the way that they live and in, and in the fact that God almost shines out of their faces but it really highlights to me that people don't feel confident in prayer or feel inadequate in prayer or feel that somehow that what they do isn't enough. Um, so we thought we'd take this next slot of time and just use it to think about how we pray. I think in hope of enabling people to feel more confident about who they are, what they do and the way that they pray. Is that because you reckon people have got particular fixed patterns or is it just a general sense of not being sure whether God's located in our prayers? I, I think probably because it's something I am wonder if we've put prayer on the on a pedestal mm. almost uh, and we all feel it's something we should be better at um, when when actually I, I suspect that God just delights to mm. be with us I, I'm not sure God would say you're not very good at prayer I think God might say I'd love to spend more time with you, mm. but I really don't think God would say your your prayers are not up to scratch. Mm. So so something's going on for us mm. as Christians that we feel a bit sheepish about mm. what we are or aren't doing. Because I because I learned to pray when I learned to pray. Um, first off, it it was with my nan, my nan Shepherd. Yeah. Um, and uh, we weren't a churchy family at home with my, with my mum and dad, but I I went to church with my nan. Uh, I went to the village church with my nan. 
Um, and she, I really liked having tea at her house because we would do a little prayer before tea. Uh, and I always remember that she said prayers before going to bed. So if ever I was staying over, mm. you know, she would be the person who'd kneel by her bed and say her goodnight prayers. And so wow. I would I would do this. And I think this thing is true for my sister as well. I would do that by, by my bed. And I always really liked that because it was such a fond memory of my nan and it always felt like a really special time and and it, it didn't feel like a chore but but even though I didn't stay in faith in teenage years I kind of think for me it gave a sense of it's a simple thing to do and it was just such a, uh, a just such a love a, a, a cozy thing to do in the, in the in the kind of positive way so I wonder if this but but I've never looked back at that now and thought that was a childish kind mm. of way of praying I've always looked back at that now and thought that's the thing I'd like to keep and I still and I, and I want and I wonder how I get back to that level of start type of prayer uh, and cut away some of maybe some of the things that I've grown you know that have grown around prayer for me that aren't as 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 kind of easy and, and comfortable as that what I like about that image that you've just shared is it's very domestic yeah. rather than like an intellectualizing of prayer or a theologizing of prayer there's something about the fact it took place before food and it took place before bed um which yeah. feels yeah. yeah it just feels very human and lived and the other th the other thing in that story was my granddad um as a farmer the other thing that we'd also make that we did was we in this in in the season of festivals whenever it was a rogation day all the dogs waking up if ever there's a, a, a you know special day in the calendar, we'd always we you know we do things around prayer for the farm life. So for my granddad, it was linked with work very clearly, and he didn't do the domestic things. So it just always felt like that's yeah. how we all. So it's just part of their yeah. lives. Just part Again, of their lives. So yeah. it's nothing, nothing kind of clever or no. highbrow. Just no. lived and not big words life. and not yeah. No. The, the church up the hill was always the posh place to them. Yeah. But it never stopped their kind of sense of uh, real, uh, prayers. real prayers. Just grounded yeah. prayers. Yeah. I mean, I learned to pray uh, as a teenager shortly after I'd become a Christian. I think I was um, going to a Christian union at school um, run by a local youth work charity that came in. And I remember being taught to pray with an acronym, uh, which was ACTS, A-C-T-S, uh, Adoration, Confession, Thanksgiving and Supplication Ooh. or Asking for Stuff, as I also uh, like to think of it. I, and I guess the idea was if you didn't really know how to start or kind of what to say to God, it gave you a structure in the same way that you might learn to write a letter, you know, dear so-and-so, or you put your address at the top and the date, dear so-and-so, you know, if it's a, a, an informal letter, how are you? If it's a formal letter, I'm writing for this reason. Um, and so it was a structure. And that was all fine, except I, I sort of fell at the first hurdle because the first one was A, a adoration. Um, and I just find myself going, oh, God, you're really great. <laughs> you're really big. You're really amazing. And I, 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 to be honest, I felt a fool. The dog's having a good old scratch over there uh, for the benefit of the listeners. But no, I find that I find it actually almost embarrassing. So I, I didn't really know what to say to God. Um, confession easier because I think, you know, I think I, I'm, I've always been quite aware of my brokenness uh, or my needs or my failings so I think 
easy to bring that to God, not in a kind of snivelling, pitiful way, just in a genuine, please God, release me from these things. Thanksgiving, again, I think that's sort of fairly straightforward, although as a teenager you're terribly ungrateful, so I probably struggled. And supplication, that's asking for things is perhaps the easiest. I think over time I found that structure quite stifling mm. though because it feels formulaic uh, and again it it gave the impression that you know to speak to God you have to follow a set formula rather than just speaking to God as as um friend or you know or companion or um parent or or whatever image you find helpful of God did it have a lasting impact though was that something that if you learned at an early age did it shape your prayers in a positive no, way? No, I'm. I I think it get. I think it gave me. It got me started. Yeah. That's what I would say was positive. The other thing for me, grow. I grew up in a tradition where we were strongly encouraged to have a daily quiet time, um, and I think the benefit of that was as a new Christian when I was thirteen. I think I really grew in faith very quickly because I spent a lot of time praying because I was really. I was really keen about being Christian. I just I just wanted to grow and I think my faith felt living and I felt connected to God because I spent time mm. with God. But I then definitely got into a phase of life where actually that daily thing first thing in the morning did not work and then I just felt guilty and then I thought I was a rubbish Christian and then um I didn't want to approach God because I thought God was disappointed in me and then and that's just so profoundly unhelpful. And I think it took me to my early 20s to be released from the guilt mm. of not praying in a daily way in the way that other people did um and See, I, yeah I, I wonder whether at the start of the podcast we, we we said that people have been talking about you know i'm not very good at praying or i'm not confident at praying I, I wonder whether that's sometimes also about us and the way we feel about ourselves kind yeah. of coming into prayer like yeah. you were saying in that experience because when I was at university, I'd I'd come back to faith, and I was in a, a, a charismatic evangelical church. So you know, sung choruses, lots of open prayer meetings with people talking all at the same time, and you know, kind mm. of very kind of uh, uh, loud and effusive spirituality, which I really enjoyed and, and, and got a lot out of. But I was also connected to the university chaplaincy and went on lots of different guided retreats, um, and actually the thing that really kind of spurred me on in my own prayer life at that point in time was um, learning about the tradition of the examine so Ignatius spirituality from Catholic, from a Catholic, the Catholic tradition yeah but well you know well integrated across um, different denominations but what the examine tradition does is it, act, it asks you to pay attention to yourself as well as to pay attention to God yeah so it asks you to notice what's bothering you to notice where you're feeling disquiet, to notice, you know, where where you're, you know, what what's been good in the day, what's given you life, what's what's really riled you during the day, and what I really found helpful about that form of prayer was it wasn't about now settle down now, you know, quieten your mind, you know, concentrate on God, you know, it, it, or, or being noisy and um, telling God everything in one splurge. It it was actually paying attention to me. Uh, and I think that that was, you know, that was really helpful in terms of actually, it's not about closing ourselves off in prayer, it's actually about noticing those things and through those things sometimes actually saying, well, I'm going to, I'm going to notice that, you know, I have been anxious about those sets of meetings or I have been anxious about that, those relationships and friendships. 
and I will pray about that but I'm, but I'm, all, I'm also going to quieten that down a little bit and as the examine moves into focusing on a passage I'm going to see what else I might notice in that passage so God might speak to me something new and I, and I just found that really helpful because it, 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 it put me in the picture uh, where I'm, I'm actually part of this wrestling I'm not trying to be a blank you know coming to God yeah, that's quite nice actually, because it it it's a, a step away from the the formulaic style of prayer, which is you know you know a one size fits all thing that the acts thing that I was given is to something that that actually is yeah more self reflective and God reflective. But it does have a structure. So yeah. the interesting thing about that oh, and the okay, acts yeah, thing yeah. is it does it does have a regular pattern. Yeah. Um, and the regular pattern actually helps. Yeah. Because it gives it, it gives you a sense of walking you through a kind of journey, um, so it so it's interesting that they both both, both have a pattern. Yeah, but I, but then a lot of communication has a pattern, yeah. doesn't it? You know, if I phone my friend Leah later on tonight, the first thing I'll say is, "Hey, how are you?" And then we'll begin with the kind of pleasantries about what's happened with work and family and those things, and then sometimes it'll move into deeper territory where we say, "Well, you know, how are you really feeling about that?" and and that what's happening when we last spoke and you know it there's like a warm-up isn't there in conversation before you sort of get to the really um meaningful stuff yeah so, or like an exercise you might stretch and do a warm-up yes. before you kind of yeah you and know, i wonder if in prayer them. actually that the whole point of a structure is kind of leading you into that place where you get to the stuff that really matters um, so what's moved you on in prayer then or what's been some of the things that you've so uh, funny enough as you were talking i, I was thinking of um a negative experience um in my early 20s i worked with a christian charity and um it was sort of uh, other younger people it was kind of uh, mission and evangelism you know we were faring, sharing our faith with others and i remember there being a period where people were committing themselves to 40 days of prayer and fasting you know so that so that there could be revival um and I found it really quite oppressive again, actually, because it, it felt like, you know, if we um, work hard enough at prayer, if we deprive ourselves enough, then God will do the thing that we want him to do. Um, there's something I don't like about that, because it, it then suggests that prayer is dependent on our hard work, whereas for me, prayer is about the grace of God. Um, and, and I don't like the idea that prayer is about our hard work because then it suggests, well, if a prayer is not answered, that's because you didn't pray hard enough, which that's a very unpleasant thing. And then if something awful happens, you know, that you're into that kind of spiral of self-doubt and questioning about it, it must have been my, my fault because I didn't pray in the right way. Um, I, I think that's really deeply unhelpful. Um, and, and also it was... Uh, very legalistic I think you know we must do this for 40 days and and fasting and you know I kind of otherwise it won't work and you, and you just sort of think what what is that about um, I guess it, it for me I, I think about who God is and the nature of God and uh, I believe God is a God who loves to give good gifts I just think he loves us so mm. it does does not fit with my my understanding who who God is but in terms of moving it on though um, after being ordained I had a, a spiritual director and for people who are not familiar with that term it's um, somebody who is in effect a mentor to uh, sort of mentor you and your relationship with God and your prayer life and I think the big headline there was for me prayer had always been about 
kind of working hard and it had always been about mm. words and so to have a, a spiritual director who's basically saying you know well you could just draw a picture and that's prayer i'm like what do you mean that's prayer that's not prayer you're not you know without you, how can that be prayer unless you're telling god exactly what you want him to do um but then also you know all prayer can be sitting in stillness or prayer can be looking at the cloud formation and and i think it is that what you were saying about earlier about that stilling of yourself to actually bring yourself to a place of some level of inner quiet that might open you up to receiving from God or hearing from God, not necessarily in an audible way, but just perhaps having a new insight, perhaps receiving a sense of peace. So I loved that and, and it really broadened my mind about prayer that, you know, prayer can be making something with clay, it can be looking at nature, it can be lighting a candle, it can be reading a list of names. But what what for you turns that from just looking at clouds or mindfulness playing with clay into prayer though what what makes it prayer i think for me because it's god directed it's right. the it's the intentionality of that so so if i was looking at the shape of the clouds i'd be i'd probably be saying to god you know lord where are you you know mm. lord lord help me to see you today or I'm, you know, let me receive from you. I think it's that intentionality. Mm. Um, in the same way, you can light a candle, and you know, you don't have to have words to know. I'm right. I'm lighting this candle for you know my grandparent who is unwell. You don't have to have words for that prayer. That the candle, the burning candle, does the work. It's the symbol, isn't mm. it? The symbol is the word. So, yeah. Because that reminds me of because prayer is obviously not always easy, um, and when when I, I mean, you'll know this, but people listening won't, because uh, I've got diabetes, yeah, and managing that was fine initially, but had become a real pressure with looking after the kids and at work, uh, and I'd noticed that it was, it, I'd really got into a very difficult place with kind of just coping with all that and kind of keeping, keep, keeping it going, and work was very, very tricky at the time, so I'd got, I'd had a bit of counselling around the the diabetes but it had basically one of the things that I'd begun to notice was I'd kind of I'd, I'd got a lot I'd, I'd stopped praying because yeah. I'd kind of got I'd got into a kind of just coping and um, it was enough to get up test my bloods work out where that was get on the get on the train go to Swindon you know <laughs> work for, for eight hours come back for an hour and a half you know and it was just kind of like it'd become a become a real a, a real kind of bind. My and my spiritual director. So this this podcast is sponsored by spiritual directors, <laughs> uh, UK. Um, my spiritual director at the time had told me that one of the things that I I was missing, or he thought I could be missing, was was just letting God know how I felt. Mm. Uh, and also, I was overtaken with wanting to be proactive with my train journeys. And he was like, "Well, just look out the window and think." And just when you, you know, just tell God how you're feeling. And if you're feeling tired, it's probably because you're tired, you know, and just communicate that, communicate your feelings yeah. and don't try and don't try and put a, put a, put an, an answer on those. I'm feeling this, therefore God, could you do that? But just to say, I'm feeling this at the moment. Yeah. But th that goes back to the God is coming through story. Yeah. It's kind of the God meets us where we are and we somehow, somehow we've, built prayer up such that you can't simply say oh lord i'm tired i'm gonna look at the countryside go by 
that that we've somehow we've got to sort of add something onto that for God to understand what that might mean you know when God knows us better than we know ourselves so I love that and it also fits with um, you know something like the tradition of the Psalms which mm. are you know expressive songs but some of the psalm, Psalms are full of quite eyebrow raising yeah. strong emotions but none of the psalmists has had to work in Swindon uh, true so imagine what the Psalms would have been like then yeah yeah <laughs> you've denigrated Swindon I like Swindon that's terrible um, thinking about sort of challenging times in prayer um, for me one of the times that comes to mind is um, again in my previous parish um, there was a, a 16 year old boy who had taken an accidental drug overdose sort of misadventure and I remember I think it happened on the, the Saturday and I was leading the service at church on the Sunday morning and at that point it was pretty clear that he was very very seriously ill and it was likely that he was going to die and I remember getting up to lead the service and you know instinctively well instinctively you want to take anything to God to say Lord please help but you know it was the right thing to do to say to this gathered congregation okay we're going to now stop and we're going to pray and we're going to pray for Dan and we're going to pray for his parents Tim and Fiona and we're going to pray for God's healing but I have to say I felt hugely conflicted doing that because it's kind of like I knew I was setting people up to fail because yes I, I believe fundamentally it was right to pray because I want to take everything to God but also praying for healing felt really difficult because because the science was saying that this young man was really unwell and he was unlikely to recover so that was a re- and so I mean obviously I, if mm. I was leading that public prayer I would have been very cautious with my language I would probably have prayed about you know that he might have God's healing whatever that's going to look like in this situation and that the family would know his comfort but it's very conflicting when you feel like but in the New Testament, you know, Jesus heals people. So should we should? Should we? Should we? We should pray for healing. But then also pastorally, not wanting to create that mm. that um, tension for people. Sadly, Dan did die. Um, and in the months that followed, I, I felt at church there was this weight every time we gathered for worship and the weight was the weight of unanswered prayer Mm. or prayer that wasn't answered in the way we expected you know that that every week we were aware of his Mm. parents suffering because their child Mm. had died um and there was a there was eventually quite a bit of work to do around unpicking the theology of that you know what is prayer for why is it sometimes god doesn't seem to answer Mm. prayer why do these things happen why do bad good things uh, bad things happen to good and godly people and and yes to some extent there are answers but they are not answers that really satisfy they're answers that sort of maybe quiet you a bit but i think there is still a real challenge there. I'd, I'd link into that the um about the long about the long feelings and longings again in that um and, and you're right there is a whole uh, there's a whole other podcast we, we promised to do at some point about unanswered prayer about prayer for healing etc but i think in that moment what is what is the longing the longing is we would like him to be well yeah you know so uh, that that is the honest prayer yes to god that that is what that is what we would like yeah um and um but also after he had died 
what is the what is the honest prayer? The honest prayer is we are ripped apart. Yeah, oh, it's, uh, we wish by, he hadn't. By died. this, we wish he hadn't. We wish he yeah. hadn't died. Um, and yes, I think it is right to pray for God's intervention and action uh, in in our limited understanding of how that works and operates. But I think it's even more right to be in communication with God about our our sense of where we feel we are at that particular yeah. moment. Reference, as we said last week, to our kind of biblical worldview. Yeah. So we're kind of shaped by that dimension. But is it wrong to long for that? No, it's not. And actually, even as you're saying that, you know, like I think back to being taught to pray adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication. Um, in all those ways I've been taught to pray, nobody has ever taught me to lament. To lament, yeah, that's right. Yeah. And yet, if you look at the biblical narrative there is well there's a whole book called lamentations and there there are psalms of lament um i don't know how many a good chunk of our psalms are psalms of lament and you can see jesus himself lamenting in the garden um the night before his death so um i think for people who are listening at home just to sort of say if you've been taught to pray i would love to affirm that actually lament is part of prayer which is Oh Lord, why? Oh Lord, it's not fair. Oh Lord, I'm so angry with you. Lord, I am disappointed in you. Um, that outpouring of, of sadness, or sometimes when there are no words, there's just tears, mm. or there's just, you know, smacking your fist onto a table because there, there's no words, there's just anger. Um, but definitely, lamentous prayer, hugely important, hugely uh, underused, especially in public worship. Which then brings to the question about our feelings about why do we feel that we're not getting prayer right is because maybe we've got a narrowed view that we've yeah. picked up from being in, you know, respectable places or the things you do or don't say or, you know, so yeah. that actually it kind of constrains us. And so actually part of what we want to try and do in prayer is to yeah. release ourselves to be fully who we are before God. Yeah. And and um, and allow God to be in all of those moments as well. Exactly. Sort of perhaps unbutton ourselves a bit. Yeah. yeah, that's a very lockdown metaphor. <laughs> <laughs> so for this final short section then, how do you pray now, Nick? Well, it, it, all do the you do you pray? Yeah, I do. I do. Honest, oh, honest, honest speaker. <laughs> Clearly, we don't pray do, together that much. Then <laughs> that's an interesting thing. That's a whole other conversation. That isn't is. It? Let's put that on next um, week. We have on ask. on occasions, people, but it's not a regular kind of occurrence. Know, every, every everyday prayer. Um, so there's a couple of things that I do. One is uh, at the moment, I don't do it every day, but at the moment I'm trying to do a kind of uh, 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 half, half an hour of kind of noting down things that happened the previous day. So not like a full on examine, but actually just kind of noticing where things are at and and, uh, and then uh, taking a bit of time to pray over those and just to kind of notice those. Um, but I... Uh, there's an app the Church of England have, which is called Time to Pray, which has uh, lunchtime prayer and uh, Compline night prayer. And I tend to do the lunchtime prayer, the prayer during the day, it's called, um, a, a couple of times during the week. Um, so patterns for me have gone up and down. There was once when I managed to even do f four offices a day, as, as, as they're called, quite regularly. And then that can back by the wayside. But at the moment, it's starting the day with a kind of bit of quiet, uh, checking in with where I'm at with God, praying over some of those things where there's disquiet, and then trying to pause at least once in the once in the day, uh, and using those prayers. But 
doesn't happen every day, but it that's, tries to be the pattern. I, I'm finding it very hard not to mock you and call you corporate boy. That you can mock me and call that, me that corporate you boy. You work for the Church of England and you pray with the Church of England app. That's beautiful. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Why would I do anything other than that? Yeah. It's the bigliest, bestest apps. <laughs> They're not actually. There are better apps out there, but we're working on it. So um, for me, I definitely am one of those people that is in a sort of constant ongoing conversation with God um, and, and partly with the dog as well. So in much the same way that, you know, if I if I come into my study and the dog's in here asleep, I'll be like, oh, hello, Piper. Oh, I'm going to make a phone call now or I'm going to sit down and work on my sermon. Actually, I, I do talk to God. I mean, in fact, I can be on the phone and if I'm having a tricky conversation, I'll just be in, in my mind yeah. like, you know, God, help me out here. I don't know what to say. Uh, help me to listen carefully. Help me to understand what's happening. Um, if someone comes to mind, I just think, oh, they've come to mind. God, be with them today. I know that they've just started a new job. So that it, it's a real, like, what pops into my head. I kind of refer it all back to God. So that that's like an ongoing thing. And when it talks in Thessalonians about pray continuously, that's sort of how I feel about pray continuously, that there's just this, this open dialogue. Um, much like probably if you're trying to read a book and I just kind of inanely chatter away about my latest sewing project and stuff and you go, uh-huh, uh-huh, mm-hmm. But otherwise, um, I like to take the dog for a fairly lengthy walk um, and that time is the time when I really pray. Mm. Um, the format of that is different every day. Sometimes it's I feel really there are certain people on my mind. It's about praying for them certainly at the moment with the all that's happening in the world and what that means for church i'm praying a lot about the church and ministry and the future of church um and sometimes i'm i'm just kind of expressing feelings mm. to god actually definitely though recently i have been saying lord i'm really tired today and i don't quite know what to say but i just want to be with you which i i think is maybe a strange mm. prayer to pray but it's like this is my time in your presence help me to see you i had an amazing experience last week as well i didn't tell you about no you this. didn't tell me tell me now so i was praying in the light of the black lives matter stuff actually i was i was just sort of praying about how we see other people so i was kind of and i was saying to god you know lord if we could just see people as you see people then we would treat we would think about them differently we would treat them differently and i just kept i said lord help me to see people as you see people then the next thing that happened there these um two young men maybe 19 on those electric scooters came herring up the road and i immediately thought oh my goodness these irresponsible young men going at 30 <laughs> miles an hour on the scooters and then they stopped and they they just waved me across the road so i could cross the road Fab. hugely courteous so there was that um and i was like oh okay thank you god like it was like literally yeah. i've been praying lord how do you see people and then god in that moment and i laughed i was like it's like god just said yeah okay let's start work on that straight away shall we and then it meant for the rest of the dog walk mm. everybody i met was different and then i met then i had this strange divine appointment with somebody that i was a you told me about that yeah, yeah. it's it like a, i was randomly connected to yeah. and and again they were someone that i might have looked at in one way but i met them just i met them and it was really amazing it, i felt like god was in the conversation so so that, I think that's really exciting. Yeah, You're just yeah. talking to God and then stuff happens. The other thing that, uh, prayer-wise, that we've done recently, we kind of slowed up a bit on it now, but um, the lollipop sticks with people's names on it at dinner time. Yeah. And again, it's a little bit like they're just praying for people and we're not even making them a long prayer. You know, I mean, we, we, we couldn't <laughs> hold that discipline as a family. Yeah. But actually just picking some a couple of people out at random 
and going, oh, we've got them again. Why have we got them again? But actually just picking them out and just saying those people's names, I've really enjoyed that, and I think that's been one of the most useful kind of prayer activities of yeah. recent times. Easy win. Hmm. May you I have, have one final point. May I have the last yeah. word? You on that. Thanks of so much. Of course, what are you saying? Yeah, cool. Um, I just wanted to share as a final example of prayer, and that is a few years ago I met some... Uh, Romanian missionaries so they were uh, Orthodox Christians and they were in the UK for a short time I can't remember why anyway I had a conversation with them I heard all about the missionary work they were involved in in Romania um, and at the end I said well this has been so good meeting you shall we pray together and then there was this really awkward pause and I thought oh I've I've made a faux pas here and then I thought perhaps it's because I'm a woman and and I, I should and, the, and maybe there's some anyway um, they then said, oh, for us in the Orthodox tradition, the only prayer that we pray is the Lord's Prayer. Mm. So, so I, I said, what do you mean? They said, well, we don't, we don't kind of make, you know, we don't say an extempore prayer. We don't sort of make up a prayer to sum up the conversation and say, thanks God and, you know, bless you. We feel that everything that needs to be said in prayer is said in the Lord's Prayer. And so we just said the Lord's Prayer. Mm. That really blew my mind. And that, that kind of says to me, there's, so there's a whole massive wing of the church for whom prayer is with mm. full heart, full intent. It's, it's saying the Lord's Prayer. Mm. So I think for, if people are struggling in prayer, I, I think just say the Lord's mm. Prayer. That's good enough. And handily, it follows the act. Adoration, pattern. confession, thanksgiving, supplication. <laughs> there you go. Oh, you cheeky so-and-so. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye. Amen.